You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What is going on? Welcome to episode number 232 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November 22nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. Leave a rating, leave a review on the iTunes page. Please do that. It takes no time at all. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You've heard the spiel a million times. I'm kind of rushing through it right now because my computer is going to die. Uh, but make sure you go to the Locked On Podcast Network on iTunes. Find the shows that you like. Find hosts that you enjoy. You know, Subscribe to their show separately. Rate, review the same you would do with this show. Um, and I very much appreciate it. It takes no time at all. And it helps to move us up the rankings. Makes us more visible. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to do. All right. Uh, on today's show, I'm joined by Sahal Abdi. It's his first time on the show in a little while. He's a very busy man with uh, school and work uh, obligations and all that fun stuff. So uh, I was very happy to have him on. We talked about the Knicks game tonight. The Raptors lost 108-100, of course. And it was a very strange and bizarre and kind of perfectly beautiful game. Uh, the Raptors gave up a 28-0 run in the third quarter. They kind of salvaged it in the fourth and made it close. Uh, the Knicks pulled it out. MSG was rocking. Uh, it was a good time all around. So we talked about that with Sahal. Um, I'm going to get to it right now. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today. And that, of course, is Draft. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just you know, just like in your season-long leagues, except here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. There's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. They'll send you a little push, push notification and say, hey... Auto Porter Jr. has the flu. Fill in a spot for Auto Porter Jr. Pick up a new player. Uh, it's very easy, very simple, and it's fun. And I, I played tonight. I, I won some money tonight because that's great. Um, and I, I mean, I was lucky. I'm not very good at this, but uh, sometimes you win money just because guys go off. And Joel Embiid has 28 and 12 with two blocks and gets you lots of points. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now if you want. Uh, actually, not right now because I'm recording this at 11:14 p.m. But you know, throughout the entire day, just. Go to draft. There's a lobby. There's drafts all day. Uh, you just pick a draft you want to join. You can join a six-teamer, a three-teamer, a ten-teamer, a whole bunch of different ty- types of leagues you can join. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. That's right. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. You can go a dollar, three bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. Uh, you can go all the way up to like thousands of dollars if you really want to be a big, you know, high roller in, in draft. Uh, there's an option for you there too. There's no salary caps. You play real life snake drafts just like with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play from right from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. If you're in Canada right now, there's not yet a Google Play app for Draft, but if you have Google Play, if you have an Android phone, you can still go to Draft.com and sign on up. And for a limited time only, all the old new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code, and that promo code is LORAPTORS. That's right, you play real money games for free. You get a real money game for free for using my promo code LORAPTORS on your first deposit on Draft. Every Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network is Draft Wednesday. Uh, so if you follow the different hosts across all the shows, Locked On Grizzlies, Locked On Clippers, Locked On whatever, uh, if you follow all those shows, there will be drafts available in your lobby. You can join and play against listeners from all the different podcasts. Uh, I host the Locked On Raptors League every week. Sometimes it fills, sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. We should get those filled more often because they're really fun. And you can take my money because I'm bad at this. As I mentioned, I won money tonight, but it's a 
rare occurrence. So you can beat me uh, in, in our leagues, in the Locked On Raptors Listener League every Wednesday. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Follow me on there at Locked On Sean. And also, we have just throughout the week, every single day, there's a Locked On Network uh, thing that just re- there's this draft, a four team draft that just refreshes itself whenever it fills. Uh, so feel free to join that and play against listeners from across the network. It's a really great time. Draft is a lot of fun. Uh, and it's pretty low stakes if you want it to be. You can play for a dollar once again, $3, $5, $10. Just, uh, just make sure you sign on up. Use the promo code LORAP and get that free entry into a draft for $3 uh, when, when you make your first deposit. So make sure you're downloading Draft today. Okay, let's get to the conversation now with Sahal Abdi uh, to recap the Knicks game. Uh, don't be too mad about this one. There's some fun th- fun stuff that was involved, which we got into with Sahal. Uh, overall, aside from the third quarter, a very positive game for the most part for the Raptors. Not the result you want, but not the worst game to watch in the world. And overall, just like a highly entertaining contest. So uh, that's going to do it. You can listen to all the episodes of Locked on Raptors by subscribing on iTunes, leave ratings, leave reviews. Please do that stuff. As I ask multiple times on each show, you can follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow the show at Locked on Raptors. Uh, either tomorrow or Friday, we'll be my my column, uh, What Didn't Suck. I'm going to talk about the Knicks game and what didn't suck about the Knicks game. Bit of a hint as to what I'm going to talk about in this podcast with Sahal. Um, so make sure you're looking up for that on LockdownRaptors.com. And uh, yeah, check out Facebook Lives for that I've done for Raptors HQ. If you want to hear me be an idiot, I talked about the first half of the Raptors game on Facebook Live at Raptors HQ tonight, and then things fell off the rails, and it became outdated very quickly. Um, so you can check that out if you want. Um, I'm Yeah, lots of stuff. You can listen to a, a bunch of crap that I do. I do a lot of crap. Uh, make sure you're finding all of it and supporting it, because I very much appreciate it. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for me. I'm getting to the conversation now with Sahal Abdi. Talk to you again on Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do just yet, but uh, definitely for Friday we're going to do a, uh, a podcast with Tony East from Locked On Pacers. Uh, we're going to talk about the game against the Pacers on Friday, so that'll be exciting. We'll talk about Corey Joseph and whatever else is going on with Indiana, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Thursday show, TBD, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fine as well. Um, all right, thanks so much for, for tuning in. We'll enjoy the conversation, and I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, joining me now on Locked On Raptors to break down a very strange, oddly fun, completely ridiculous game for the Raptors against the New York Knicks, a 108-100 loss. Uh, For the first time in a few weeks, good to have him back. It's Sahal Abdi. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I had such a busy month. Um, Just a lot of things going on, but I'm happy to be back on. Man, you have uh, a lot of responsibilities. It's more than I can say for myself, so... I totally understand. Very happy to have you. Uh, and yeah, we have a game to talk about. And this was such a bizarre one. We'll get to the 28-0 run and we'll get to the spotty defense on Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, and Serge Ibaka's first quarter in a little bit. But uh, let me ask you, what was your favorite part of tonight's game? What was the thing you enjoyed the most? Oh, for such a whack game, honestly, there was a lot of things going on tim hardaway just exploded on us um he was signed to a monster contract by the knicks most of which uh people disagreed with including myself yeah um obviously this is this won't be the norm for tim hardaway 38.6 rebounds seven assists a huge game for the knicks um but it'd probably be tim hardaway he just shot the lights out um he was says he's 13 for 27 just around 50 percent um, again, he had six rebounds and seven assists, something you don't see very often from Tim Hardaway, a guy who really swept the ball up and nothing. Um, eight for ten for the free throw line. He was the best ball game. Um, 
impressive. He spearheaded the, the Knicks tonight, and, and it was impressive to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was fun, uh, especially if you're a Knicks fan, for sure. And I think Spike Lee enjoyed it. Um, honestly, you know, to go off the Spike Lee thing, like, I think my favorite part of this game was just, like, the Knicks being fun again and, like, a Raptors yeah. game against the Knicks that isn't just, like, a slog of terribleness or a complete blowout. Um, like, there was that one game last year that was close that DeMar hit a winner over Derrick Rose, and it was just, like, a sad game. Uh, it was very close after Kyle Lowry left with the injury and was out for a while. Um, and that was, like, the closest game they've had against the Knicks in a while. Usually they just blow them out, and they'd won eight straight against the Knicks. And honestly, like, the way the Garden was tonight, and, like, it started with that Cantor dunk on the second play of the game when he dunked on Ibaka, um, which was just nasty. And poor Ibaka. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ibaka responded nicely defensively in this game, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the, the fact that that dunk kind of riled up the crowd and then that run, the 28-0 run in the third quarter, I mean, the, the Garden was going insane. And that's just a good thing in terms of just, like, the NBA's health to have the Garden being yeah, that 100%. jacked up. So I was excited to see that. I was totally happy with that. I'm probably going to write about that for What Didn't Suck, uh, the column that I started after the last Raptors loss over a week ago, um, that apparently the Raptors decided they weren't going to lose for a while after I started it, which uh, kind of killed the momentum of it. But that's probably what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, and that it's just, it's really cool that the Knicks are fun again and that they're competent and they have like a roster of players, uh, like a lot of dudes who are just like good NBA players, I think. And maybe they're not super talented, maybe they're not a playoff team, although I think maybe that you could argue they're a seven or eight seed right now uh, in terms of just where they're at in terms of how they're playing. But um, the fact that they're not a joke and the fact that they have the ability to get, you know, the, the crowd of that arena up and, and, and fired up is, is great. Like, I feel like the Knicks. Maybe even more so than the Lakers. I think it's like really good for them to be good and relevant. So uh, that was my favorite part of the game. Um, let's get to some of the negative stuff, I suppose. We'll kind of go back and forth between good and bad because honestly, this game wasn't all bad for the Raptors aside from that three that th- that third quarter. I mean, mostly they won in the three other quarters and they played pretty well for the most part in this game. Just they forgot, did, yeah. they forgot how to play basketball for a quarter. <laughs> um, so let's dive into that. Like, what do you think was the reason for that twenty-eight zero run? Like. Was it the Knicks just playing incredibly well? Which I think you have to give them some credit because their defense was incredible. Uh, what happened to the offense? Was it DeMar DeRozan's defense? Like, what do you think was the progenitor of that 28-0 run for the Knicks? I think whenever a D can go on a total run, you can't really point out one thing that mm. either team is doing well or is struggling with. Um, DeMar DeRozan, um, he, he came out like completely possessed in this game early on early on and just after the half i i think the raptors just wanted him to take control kind of thing um it didn't happen um they look lethargic coming out coming out of that first half i'm not sure why um one-on-one defense wasn't there a team defense to help um their offensive sets just executing um i believe demarter even had zero points in the entire second half it just wasn't there for the Raptors, you saw Kyle Lowry, who was the one guy you could probably say was giving it his his all. <clears throat> excuse me for the first uh, for actually the entire game, you could say. Um, but it, it was you don't see twenty eight zero runs often, and I think the Knicks. It was just a, a blend of things for the Knicks. They played incredible defense, their perimeter defense. They were closing out on Raptors really well, and I just think they had more kind of game changing plays where they got the crowd involved. And once you do that for any team, I think it's just easier um, to kind of push it in for the, for the other team. 
Yeah, I thought Courtney Lee's defense on DeMar was incredible. Um, oh, and absolutely. He was like a really kind of underrated part of that run, I think. Like he wasn't, uh, you know, hitting the shots like Tim Hardaway Jr. was or even Chris Stapps, but he was just like all over the place in that quarter on defense, you know, poking balls free. The Raptors, they kind of had the uh, the Dallas Mavericks syndrome when they played the, the Celtics this week where – just like they, every time they made a drive, they just like exposed the ball to a steal, and, they, and then they got their pockets picked. Um, and Courtney, yeah. Courtney Lee was a big part of that. Uh, yeah, Demar only had two points, and he had sixteen four and four after the first half. And he like one of the better halves I think we've seen from Demar. He was shooting threes. He was two or four from deep. Uh, just mm-hmm. so confident running the offense. He had a couple nice pocket passes to Valanciunas. He had another nice corner uh, assist to to Kyle Lowry in the corner. Like he was really good. And then he just kind of. Uh, his defense was awful in that quarter. Like, Hardaway went off on him. And then the, the offense, I'm not sure it was all him. I just think it was, like, the, no one looked like they were, you know, the the, the the nice and sort of the calling card for the offense this season has been, like, they've gotten into their stuff really quickly. Um, they haven't really kind of dragged out possessions the way they have maybe in the past. Uh, but it kind of felt like they went back to that at the start of the third quarter where they just were slow getting to their stuff. It wasn't, like, ISO yeah. offense per se. It just took for forever to get stuff moving. Uh, and people kind of seem to get signals, signals crossed here and there. I thought OG had a rough game. Uh, he had a nice first quarter, I think, but after that he kind of tailed off and didn't really play after that run. He got pulled out in the middle of the run and didn't play again. Um, and then Valanciunas' oh. defense against Chris Stapps and Cantor was, you know, what you would expect from Valanciunas' defense against Chris Stapps and Cantor. Um, yeah, just a, a very strange just confluence of events in that quarter. And, again, you made a good point. I don't think it's one thing that went wrong, but I would say if you're going to point to culprits, probably DeMar is number one in terms of just, like, not playing defense. And then, uh, actually, he's probably number two. Number one would just be the Knicks playing incredibly well. Like, they just came out and they had more energy and more fight and more intensity, uh, and they had a bunch of shots fall for them as well. And that was kind of the story of the game. And, you know, rarely do you see... A game pretty much decided going into the fourth, but it kind of was. And you know the Raptors made it close in the fourth. Credit to them for not dying after getting outscored by 31 in the third. Uh, they came out and won the fourth quarter, 31-19. Made it got to within six at one point. Uh, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry, I thought, were the two big parts of that comeback. Uh, C.J. Miles as well hit a couple threes, which is very nice, and that's what C.J. Miles does. But um, yeah, it was uh, that that third quarter is going to go down as one of the crappiest quarters the Raptors have played. And, like, usually one of those bad quarters will usually come in the course of, like, an overall pretty bad game. But this was, like, 75% a very good game from the Raptors. And they just kind of forgot how to play basketball. There were, like, four times where they just drove and kick and just, like, threw it to a nick. Like, this drive and kick has been the, the basis of the Raptors' offense for five years. And they just forgot how to do it for 12 minutes. It was, uh, it was super bizarre. Um, anyone on the Raptors in particular whose performance you didn't like? Um, the obvious one, I guess, early on is Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Um, he just was completely out of whack in that first version. When he just flipped the switch, he started hitting a couple jump shots. He still added the game 4 for 14, which is just unacceptable from your starting power forward. Um, again, we see uh, Ibaka struggling to mesh with Valanciunas on the court early in the game. Um, I think Dwayne Casey saw that early. Uh, put in Siakam, so it didn't really kind of affect the Raptors too much. They took a nice lead going into the second half, um, but DeMar's second half performance, Ibaka's really his first three-quarter performance, 
games like you just can't expect the Raptors. Um, gave his 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, um, a steal and a block. A couple steals, actually, but um, I don't really think you can blame this on a guy like Siakam, who played a really good game uh, again. Mm. Um, CJ Miles, like you said, shot shot it really well. Um, it has to be DeMar DeRozan. He just he mailed it in in the second half. I'm not sure what happened defensively for him, but he just didn't seem there. Mm-hmm. It seemed like his mind was somewhere else. Um, so I, I definitely have to, you know, I'm putting it on Serge Ibaka and DeMar DeRozan for this one. Fair enough. Uh, I thought Serge, he was huge in that fourth quarter in that comeback. Um, he had four blocks, and I kind of respect Serge's ability to just like turn it on when he wants to. I know it's frustrating, and I know you'd rather him just be on all the time, but like, it's kind of incredible that he can go from just being like lethargic and very clearly not caring to swatting Tim Hardaway on a fast break uh, from behind, or... Uh, another block yeah. that he had uh, on, I think, Hardaway as well, where he just went up and just, like, threw Hardaway to the ground along with the ball. It was incredible. Um, he's yeah. He's just got that ability to just kind of show it out. And, like, that's why I'm not ultimately worried about Surge. I think he kind of mails it in for chunks of the game when it matters. Like, the fourth quarter, you could see him communicating and sort of being the anchor of the defense. Him and Siakam work incredibly well together as a defensive pairing. That's and, what I'm Sean. Like, yeah. it, it's... it's it's not a coincidence that him and Siakam just work really well on a consistent basis with each other. This is why you usually see Serge um, kind of outperform the rest of the Raptors in fourth quarter because his natural position isn't isn't a power forward anymore. It's a center. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when Casey goes to those late-game lineups with him at, at the five and Siakam at the four, um, it's not a coincidence that he continuously plays well in the fourth quarter. Um, he just matches up really well. You saw, I think, of his report loss came in the need game change spark the Raptors run so I just I think at this point Dwayne Casey um, I've, I've been vocal about him kind of experimenting with lineups early in the season um, I wrote a little piece on Ananobi starting over Powell I still I still think that Casey should at least consider um, starting Ibaka at the 5 and starting Salcom at the 4 with JV and kind of like a Greg Monroe role off the bench. That's fair. Um, I don't totally agree with that. I think it's kind of nice that you yeah. just kind of give Valanciunas' minutes to start, give him his touches, whatever, and if it doesn't work, you don't have to play him much. He only played 18 minutes tonight, um, and I kind of think Valanciunas runs counter to what the second unit likes to do when they you know run and play defense, and Jonas does neither of those things. So um, that's my, <laughs> that's my hang-up on that. Um, but... Yeah, the Siakam Ibaka thing. Like, if they're closing games with that, I'm happy. It was kind of like last season. Like, I didn't like, wasn't calling for Ibaka and Tucker to start games. Like, I just think politically, uh, in terms of like, we're, you know, guys who make money and whatnot, and just like the the importance of the first few minutes, or you know, it's important, but I think it's less important than who's closing a game. Um, and if Casey's realizing that Siakam and Ibaka can kind of be his new Tucker and Ibaka, I think that's probably a good thing. And, you know, Siakam is earning those minutes, man. He was great tonight. 29 minutes, 8 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. Uh, he had that great uh, transition dunk to make get it to within 6 in the fourth quarter. His defense was... I mean, he's probably been the most responsible for, for Chris for Kristaps Porzingis struggling against the Raptors the last two games. Um, you know, him along with Ibaka, I suppose. But I thought he was really good. Uh, if there's someone who I... Personally, you know, their performance, I just thought, I think it was the, uh, I thought it was terrible. I think it was the Bebe and Pirtle combination off the bench. Um, 
You were invisible. <laughs> Excuse me, yeah. Uh, oh, Bebe literally had a, a club trillion night. He went zeros across the board in eight minutes. Um, and then Pirtle, I don't know what the hell was up with Pirtle, where like he was in position for like five or six offensive rebounds during that Knicks run, and he couldn't grab any of them. Uh, he just like, they were like slipping out of his hands, like he'd just been like swimming in butter at halftime or something. Um, and they were, it was just slipping away. Like normally he's so sure-handed on those offensive boards, but he just couldn't do it. Um, and like credit to Cantor and Porzingis, I suppose, for for being a pain in the ass in those situations. But uh, very bizarre game from Pirtle. So those guys were both pretty just yeah non-existent and kind of you know Pirtle was a minus eighteen. He was out there for a lot of that run, and uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. Uh, yeah, so like those guys, you know, they only played a combined nineteen minutes, so you can only put so much blame on them. But I didn't think they helped matters much in that fourth qu- in that third quarter run when they both got run. Um, it was uh, it was a pretty disappointing stretch for those guys. And other than that, like, yeah, Valanciunas wasn't very good, but he wasn't, like, a, a disaster, I don't think, like, his minutes at the start. Of no, the, he wasn't. This is, in the first quarter, he was fine. Uh, the yeah. third quarter, he was just, like, with everyone else, just came out with no energy. Like, I would say, like, 70% of the Raptors who played in this game were, like, pretty decent. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just uh, a really weird, just kind of forgetting how to play and just not having any intensity. Um, you mentioned your OG Ananobi, Norm Powell starting versus bench piece that you wrote. Um, Norm Powell came off the bench tonight. He had 11 points. He was 3 or 4 from he deep. He played well. Yeah, he did play pretty well. He was a big part of the fourth quarter comeback as well. Uh, he was just, I don't think he, he only had two points in that thing, but he was like pretty effective in that in those minutes, and he wasn't like forcing things and you know detracting from what the Raptors were doing, so that was nice to see. His defense was good. Um, and I don't know, I I am so torn on him versus OG as a starter, and I think the Powell off the bench thing makes more sense with the lawn right out, just because another ball handler there kind of helps a little bit. Um, but also, I, I think Norm Powell's, like I've always called Norm Powell like a Wes Matthews 2.0, who was like the prototypical perfect fifth starter, and I, I kind of still like his skills as a fifth starter if he can kind of hone himself in and... and you know, focus on being that fifth guy instead of force instead of forcing things when you know maybe it's not there for him. Um, but OG fits really well with the starters as well, and if his three point shot's going to fall the way it has been, then maybe he totally fits there just fine. Um, uh-huh. I'm very torn on it. Did tonight's game change your opinion at all? Do you still think Norm should be coming off the bench, or uh, what do you make of that situation right now? Uh, I think as, as long as it got announced that the long the next month he didn't really need surgery or anything drastic like that but um, I think as long as DeLon's out you kind of have to start Norm I really liked him when he uh, kind of played as a combo guard um, they let him bring the ball up a couple times initiate the offense um, coming off the bench I, I like him off the bench especially while DeLon's out mm-hmm. um, but I think you go with Ananobi from here when DeLon comes back maybe you revisit um, Powell as a starter um, but I really like him as a combo guard um, he just came out in the Michigan game offense pretty good. He just seemed comfortable. Um, uh, I'm not for moving off the rest of the season or anything like that, but um, I, I like OG as, as the starting three for now. You don't necessarily have to give him starting minutes um, in that 25 to 30 range. I think OG is good for 15 to 20 a game, um, nothing serious. But I, I'd say you do what you did this game and, and you go from there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I guess the other sort of rotation note from this game was Fred Van Vliet played closing time again. 
Um, and he was, you know, maybe alongside Lowry and Siakam, just as responsible for the fourth quarter comeback. Um, he was really good, and he was kind of playing within himself. He was setting guys up. Uh, seven points, two assists, one steal for him on the night, a rebound as well. Uh, just three of eight from the field. But, like, I think he was pretty good. I think maybe his sort of effectiveness sort of wore out as the game went on and you got to the last few minutes of crunch time. And maybe I would have liked to see seen him taken out for either Norm or Miles or someone like that. But I think overall, like, uh, Van Vliet was, was pretty effective. and he was, he was a pest defensively. And I know yeah. Jack Armstrong kept saying it during the game, but he wasn't giving Jared Jack any move any room to breathe at all like it was he was on him and that, that's really encouraging to see from the Raptors stop and got a fleet late game and he does and he does like that's really encouraging to see but I think he you're right he did get exhausted late in the game um maybe Casey should have subbed him out a little earlier um that press was was kind of tiring him out late in the game so um but he played well he played really well another encouraging performance while DeLon writes been out for uh, Fred Van Fleet. Um, it's been good to see. It's been really good to see. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm more confident that that's going to be fine uh, with DeLon out. And it's only a month. Um, I think you mentioned that the news came out that DeLon's only going to be out about a month. And that's, you know, three months shorter than what I was sort of anticipating as the worst case scenario. Um, so that's that's really good to hear. And hopefully DeLon can get back. But I think the Raptors can weather it. Especially, they have a three game and 13 day like part of the schedule coming up so you're gonna like have fewer games in there maybe you can ride Damar and Kyle a little harder in those games and then also to have uh DeRozan you know he's you know aside from the second half tonight like he's been really good as a playmaker and setting guys up so maybe he can kind of fill in as like a like a pseudo point guard sometimes with that second unit uh, to kind of fill in if Van Vliet's getting overmatched by someone who's bigger than him or something like that I think they're gonna be totally fine and uh yeah Van Vliet was nice tonight and like you know, I, I kind of get irritated sometimes when Casey rides guys too hard. Um, like, you know, maybe they'll have like a nice third quarter and then he'll ride them into the fourth and maybe ride them too long. Uh, at the same time, though, I kind of respect that Casey's like, yeah, well, this is the guy who's getting it done and he's playing well. So, like, why the hell not give him the minutes? He's proven that he's, you know, been able to sort of claw back here. So uh, I'm torn on that. Uh, overall, like, I don't have any, like, real terrible gripes with how Casey managed tonight's game. Um, and I think that's been kind of consistent all year. Casey's been really good at, at, at kind he of has. balancing things. So, um, yeah, it's a, it was a weird game. It was a game that the 28-0 run kind of poisons it all. But uh, overall, I thought the Raptors played a decent game. And, you know, I think the fourth quarter showed a lot of promise in that they didn't give up after having that awful quarter, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, the Celtics also lost tonight. So who cares about anything? Nothing matters. The Celtics lost. Oh, Everything is it. right in the world. Thank you, Dion Waiters. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just evened out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, <coughs> my voice is going. I gotta. Uh, I've been sick all week, so my. Uh, I gotta wrap this thing up. I'm gonna die on the mic very soon. Uh, so, Hall, you got many responsibilities to get to as well. So, I don't want to keep you up any longer. Thank you for coming on, man. This was good. Uh, anything you want to plug right now for the people? Um. Just usual. Uh, my Twitter is sabdi28. Um, I write for Raptors Republic. If you're a new listener, um, I have stuff. One to two things coming out a week. Um, just uh, I'm on Raptors Republic, so you guys you guys know where that is. Blake Murphy heads our group, so uh, the legendary Blake. But um, that's about it, really. Never heard of him. 
you're, you're gonna stop that, Sean. Take that back. <laughs> uh, all right, so Hall, this is good, man. We'll hopefully do it again sooner than uh, the the break that we had between having you on last time. But I, I understand you got lots of shit going on. But uh, thanks for coming on, man. And we'll talk to you soon. No problem, man. Enjoyed it like always, Sean. Cheers.